Welcome back to the Mountains and the Sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album every other week. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad that you're back with us today. Today, today. we're going to talk about ONA, Other Nights Alone. This is so brilliant. <laughs> it's so brilliant. You know, it wasn't brilliant. What's that? At the beginning of our last episode. We didn't oh. tell anybody who we were. No, it was, uh, we were the podcasters formerly known as Christy and Josh, and we didn't even assign ourselves symbols. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I didn't even realize it when I edited it. I only realized it when I listened to it after it came out. I was like, well, it's too late now. Chances are, if you listened to the last episode, <laughs> you're probably familiar with who we are. That's right. Right? Yeah. Well, so apologies from both of us because we didn't name check ourselves. No, yes. So, but hopefully, if you're listening, you know who we are. And uh, if you listened last time and were confused because we didn't tell you our names, I'm Christy. This is Josh. Yeah, nice to meet you. And we're so glad that you're with us. Thanks for sticking around past an episode <laughs> where we went anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> So there are official releases here. There are. There's some favorite performances from other shows that Josh chose. There are. And there's some Tonight Show performances. There are. Prince liked himself some Jay Leno. He did like Jay. He did. They seemed to get along really well. Yep, they and did. they seemed to have a genuine affection for one another, which yes. was nice. It is nice, because yeah. I don't, I mean, I, Jay was a fun host, right? We watched it when he was hosting, but I wouldn't say he's the most edgy comedian known to mankind. He's a very family-friendly, sort of obvious joke maker Mm -hmm. kind of thing, right? It wasn't the most creative late-night show in the world. I think that's fair to say. That is fair. He's not a creative dresser now that he's no longer on late night. He wears jeans and jean shirts. If it's not all the denim, time. he's not in it. Ex- right? Exactly. Which I can't imagine Prince would approve of that. No, but it's so funny. I mean, he's got a, <laughs> he's got a style and he's sticking to it, man. Yeah. Yeah. He's very, I don't know. I find Jay Leno just unoffensive and just, you can show up and watch and just get a little laugh. It's yeah. all, it's all fine. Yeah. There's nothing that's going to upset you. Right. Exactly. But we can't get there just yet to the Tonight Show. No, we gotta go, that's... We got to go further back. That's right. So I made these selections just to wrap up our Rainbow Children One Night Alone coverage. So that's why there's a mixture of release material, unreleased material, and TV appearances that that's we're right. going to put a bow on this. This is Other Nights Alone, Josh's selection. That's right. So yeah. I do have a section that I made for myself in my notes of... For each of these songs, why'd I pick it? I think I should explain. Oh, okay. So I will explain. Okay, tell us why you picked Days of Wild. Days of Wild. So this is a, we covered the concert mix live. It was a single that was officially released, right? Mm-hmm. Um, recorded in Montreal during the One Night Alone tour. It was released on June 27th, 2002 at the Xenophobia Celebration at Paisley Park and then was made available by mail order. Uh, in late August 2002, mm-hmm. um, the CD single also included one plus one plus one is three, which is the same recording from the box set that we covered from okay. April 6th, uh, 2002, found on the One Night Alone 
live box set. So, so why did I pick it? Um, well, first of all, it's an officially released live recording of the song, which is the second time he's done that um, mm-hmm. in some form or fashion. Um, it was released during this era. It preceded the One Night Alone live box set by just a few months. Um, the box set came out on November 24th, and the single came out to the public if you wanted it in late August of 2002. It's Days of Wild. Why would I not include it, first of all? Mm-hmm. I guess that's second of all, because I already gave one reason. Stop interrogating me. <laughs> <laughs> what um, you can't see is I'm shining a light in Josh's face, a bare bulb. There's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I've got a lot of sweat on my forehead. <laughs> and a performance of this song was not included on the One Night Alone live set, the after show disc, or the Aladdin performance that we covered last time. So mm-hmm. that is why I picked it. Yeah, but he played this pretty frequently. On that he, tour, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it did make a number of appearances. Okay. Um, if I can continue rambling for a moment, as opposed to the One Night Alone live set, which Scotty Baldwin talked about on the official Prince podcast, that it was touched very little. There weren't many overdubs made. It was mainly just crossfades straight from his soundboard recording from all the different cities that those performances were recorded from. Mm-hmm. This song is ridiculously heavily <laughs> overdubbed, which may be exactly why it wasn't included on the box set, um, which was only lightly edited. Right. Okay. So, I mean, the song Days of Wild, we've talked about it before during our 94, 95. We talked about the unreleased studio version. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it in- originally had its first official release on Crystal Ball. Yes. Yeah, also a live performance. Only live performances have made official releases but it did appear on crystal ball and love for one another television special that's right yeah yep yep so i'm sure we'll get to those versions at some point yes don't you worry (laughs) i mean but the road could be long (laughs) but don't worry (laughs) okay I mean, this song as a general rule includes lots of samples, you know, like hold on to your wigs, Mm -hmm. which whoever submitted the lyrics to Lyric Find online has it listed as hold on to your wits, (laughs) (laughs) which is not correct. They're wrong. Yeah. Princess's own background singer a lot through this song, too. Mm -hmm. So I can see why it doesn't really fit on the box set and it's long it's like 10 minutes and 47 seconds which Mm -hmm. creates its own problem but i was great with this as a standalone single and it toes the line between being faithful to the studio version and being an extended jam that kind of could have fit on the one night alone after show disc yeah Uh, again with the caveat that it was really heavily over overdubbed so it would have stood out as kind of weird yeah on the disc had it been included but i really did uh, enjoy having Prince singing Hold On to Your Wigs as well in the background. A little bit different than the way 99 performed it. It, yep. was, it was really fun. I really enjoyed that. And I loved the um, creative use of language to get rid of the cursing. Yep. It was... It was fun. Say, uh, sorry, Americans, instead of sorry, MFers. Are you sorry, Americans, up against the wall? If you don't because he was back. in Montreal. He, you yeah, know. he was playing to the crowd, right? Yeah, that's right. 
I think it's like right from the offset, you know that this is going to be a studio live mix thing because it starts with Prince's own multi vocal saying, These are the days of wow, wow, mm-hmm. wow. These are the days of wow, wow, wow. From the beginning, he's not trying to hide that it's overdubbed. Right. It's just kind of a jam yeah it's not trying to be deceitful in the way that it's overdubbed it's no. just adding to it and uh-huh. making it it's just fun. making it stand alone and uh-huh. be enjoyable yeah. which is fine yeah i did like that he hands out instructions up front lays down the rules tells everyone all montreal clap your hands now on the two and four get down all montreal clap your hands now on the two and four get down all the energy they can give him mm-hmm. and tells him, you're going to help me count it off too. I'm going to count it off, Montreal. I need y'all to give me all the energy you got. You're going to help me count it off too. Somebody say one. Say two. <laughs> wow, okay. He's giving the audience a lot of responsibility. Yes, we are like Prince interns for this performance. <laughs> <laughs> The F bomb translates very well to funky. It does. If you don't play bite the dust, cause in a couple of simple funky phrases, I'm gonna ship it to the funky place. Brand new man. Yeah, you mentioned that a second ago, and I remember being maybe a little disappointed, like, oh, it's not as edgy without the cursing. But now listening to it, this was a decision he made, and he wasn't gonna say that anymore, and he made it work. Uh huh. Yeah, you know, cause Dick was. Bumpin' Liz. Better suit before that beats. Back when Jake was bumping Liz. Before soda pop that beats. Blame it on your Right. <laughs> Richard yes. Burton and Liz Taylor. Yeah. If you're unfamiliar <laughs> with the yep. fact that Prince liked old movies. He did like old movies. So. Um, yeah, I have a note at like two minutes and three seconds when he says, We're too wise for now since the other 90s was better suited for that biz. His own lead vocals are basically overdubbed for the entire song. There's like three, four, maybe more tracks of him singing live at the show and overdubbing lead vocals for all the verses throughout the entire thing. And I kind of liked it. I mean, now that we're not going to hear him sing live anymore. Right. Now I'm like, oh, there's many of him. And Mm -hmm. he liked this enough to sit in the studio and sing over it and touch it up a little bit and make it fun. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was kind of cool. He liked it enough to pull it out and revamp it a little bit and keep the fun and lose the cursing. Yeah. 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 And it was, I mean, obviously he only released it live. So he liked it as a live song and didn't feel like the studio version fit anywhere or was energetic enough. And I'll kind of agree too. I like both of the live releases maybe a little bit better than the studio version. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I love that he's uh, calling people onto the stage by the color of their outfit, their mm-hmm. shirts or their dress. And then he says, Oh no, no, not you. You in the black dress, you in the black dress. Like burn. Yes, I felt bad for uh, for that person, kind of like I did for 
Rebecca. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, she thought she was getting something special, and oh, no. Princess no, changes no, mind. No, not you. Yeah. We've got green shirt. Come up on the stage and dance. You in the green shirt. You in the green shirt. Black shirt. You in the black shirt. You in the black shirt. And then I think... You in the red shirt was totally overdubbed. I don't think he said oh. that live. I was going back and trying to listen, and it sounds to me like it's all in the studio, him singing oh. You in the red shirt, You in the red shirt, but that wasn't something he said at the show. You in the red shirt, You in the red shirt. This is my other crazy relative. That's okay. my... He, he had to round out the colors. Maybe so. <laughs> Maybe so. It was just green and black, right? Otherwise, because mm-hmm. then he goes into black dress before. At four minutes and 11 seconds, he says, like you, he turns someone away. <laughs> I was like, ouch. Yep. Oh, that poor person. So speaking of overdubs, at four minutes and 27 seconds, there's the one more jam chant mm-hmm. with Prince's overdubs as the response. He calls out for the crowd to sing it. And in the overdub, he kind of completes it himself. Uh-huh. But I just really love how his voice touches a little on falsetto, especially for one more jam before Greg gets a trumpet solo. Mm-hmm. The whole one more jam is kind of sung nicely by Prince mm-hmm. in the studio for the overdub that I kind of reappreciate. One more jam. 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 It's a reference to an unreleased song, if I my sources are correct. I think they are. <laughs> Prince yep. and the Band is an yeah. unreleased song that yep. he then had pulled into this as a chant, right. which is super fun. It is fun. It's a little Easter egg going mm-hmm. back to revisit it now. Yep. He says, too funky. Montreal, we too funky tonight. Come on. Man, that was his favorite compliment. Self-compliment, in, right? Well... Or say, for his own band, I guess. For for the band, for the participation of the crowd. He just... He loved being overwhelmed by the funk. Yeah. He never said, this sounds really great, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Too yeah. funky was the way uh-huh. he would communicate his pleasure. Mm-hmm. And then we get another call out to a different song. We yeah. want the funk. Yes, you're right. At Parliament. Like six minutes and 23 seconds. Mm-hmm. We want the funk. Homage to give up the funk. Uh-huh. Uh, Parliament. George Clinton's band from the 70s. Correct. 1975 was when that song was released. Everybody knows that. It. it was a huge disco thing. Sure. Yeah. Yep. And shortly after that, at 6 minutes and 41 seconds, I made a note that we get probably the most subdued organ solo by Renato Neto that you'll hear on this entire tour. Uh-huh. Uh, it says something like, Renato, get some. And it's just this gentle kind of Hammond organ sound. Uh-huh. It's not a distorted, crazy, weird keyboard solo. <laughs> and my other note on that was take a listen to Prince's overdubbed funk that repeats under Renato's solo oh, that I'm cool. sure I heard before, but I was like, oh, as Renato is gently playing, there's this underlying funk 
Uh-huh. It's prince. almost like a percussion sound. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Huh, that's cool. Well, that's kind of subdued, but then we get this really funky, gooey guitar by Prince yeah. mm-hmm. at like eight and a half minutes. So it's just yeah. super cool. Yeah, it's awesome. I don't want to not mention this. Also, because we get an overdubbed, I think, sinister laugh by Prince that just is sort of another way of him saying too funky. He's very pleased with how the days <laughs> of wild are like sands through the hourglass <laughs> at seven minutes and 15 seconds. There's a ha 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 kind of laugh. And I think that it's an overdub, not something that was done on stage. <laughs> the hourglass does he have an evil days, twin somewhere it's days of wild you know hope and stefano <laughs> one other overdub note before we can move on sorry is it seven minutes and 43 seconds i never really paid attention to it but there's this shoo. It's an overdub mm-hmm. that repeats sung by Prince in the studio. That's awesome. Yeah. And any idea what I believe Larry Graham is shouting at eight minutes and seven seconds? If you can make it like double the world, double the world, double the world. That's what I hear. I have I no idea. It's, I, I didn't it make a note about it and can't hear it in my brain at the moment. Okay. So No problem. You'll hear it at eight minutes and seven seconds in the song. Okay. That Excellent. was pretty wild. Yeah. It was good. I really enjoyed the revisiting the single. Mm-hmm. Solid choice by me. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent job, Josh. Uh, your sheer perfection. They're too funky. Uh, Calhoun Square from a Buffalo, New York after show, March 8th, 2002 at the Trout in the Buffalo Theater District is still in operation. Will you please tell us why you chose this particular track? You know, I had not realized, I didn't even think to look up the venues again to see if they were still around since this was now 18 years ago. So just some details. First of all, Calhoun Square was originally released on Crystal Ball in 1997. The studio version was recorded uh, in June of 1993 after... The Undertaker tracks, which we recently covered, so that's sort of a reason why I included it. The real reason I included it is just because it's not often performed live. Um, According to Prince Vault, it was occasionally played in 1993, 2002, which is what we're hearing now, 06 and 07, and was last performed as Montreal Square on December 2nd, 2011 in Canada, where he changed the lyrics again. Oh, that's cool. I just thought that um, because of its rarity, certainly in main concerts, it makes appearance in a lot of after shows. But certainly it's sort of a deep track for, you know, casual Prince fans probably have not heard this song. And I also thought it was a really great live recording, too. It sounds great. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're in the bootleg circle, this show recently kind of resurfaced as kind of a remastered, touched up recording. Mm -hmm. So... It just has a great sound to it, to me. Yeah. So that's why I included it. Well, and just the intonation 
of his voice, like mm-hmm. just after the one minute mark. Yes. Or- This is why we need live recordings. You are right. The it's energy so that he records this with. Great. He sings it with. Oh, it's just, it's so great. And this is the kind of stuff that we're never going to get again. Yeah. Where there's not a, there's not any more of this happening. Yeah. It's so a, there's more for us to hear. There, it's there just is. already done. We just haven't heard it yet. Right. Yeah. There's no chance to be able to happen upon that sort of greatness yeah, live again. We only have recordings left. So this is why we need the live recordings because this is so great. There's not mm-hmm. going to be the opportunity to have this again. So let us have them now in retrospect. That is true. Enjoy it. Yes. Uh, makes me very glad I had this laying around to include. Mm-hmm. It starts like the studio version with the guitar, but of course on the studio version, Prince gives instructions to the band and says, listen to the drummer, but you still want to have fun. It shouldn't be work. Listening to the drummer, but you still want to have fun. It shouldn't be work. Two, three, baby. He doesn't say that here, of course, but uh, it is a faithful opening, and there's an organ at 26 seconds that's... Faithful to the studio recording. There's a little mini guitar solo that's not in the studio version at 34 seconds. That's just him kind of noodling on electric guitar. That's Mm -hmm. really great. And like you said, the way he sings the first verse and the kind of somewhat alternate take on it Mm -hmm. and a little bit more energy and then him telling everyone easy chorus yeah Uh because all it is is woo Uh yeah everyone how easy the chorus is after the second verse at three minutes and three seconds here comes your big part buffalo (laughs) (laughs) you cannot possibly screw this up can you here comes your big part buffalo on more really just absolutely stellar guitars right at the four minute mark it's really Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I always love it when he calls out Scotty. Turn me up, Scotty. Yes, it really. It almost feels like a Star Trek reference. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like "Beam Me Up," Scotty was from the original Star Trek series, right? Turn me up, Scotty. Yeah. So yeah. turn me up, Scotty. Uh huh. There's a lot of that in this tour. Yes. Um, and I wonder if Scotty sometimes thought, you know, I sat in here and I mixed it and I'm your sound engineer and it's at the right level, but okay, you want it louder. All right, I'll turn this knob <laughs> for you. Um, but he seems, in every interview that I've heard him speak, he's very, um, I don't know, just thankful that he had the chance to yeah. to be part of this tour. Yeah, but he's I, just... 
Yeah, super. He, seems like a really nice guy. Yeah, um, and respected Prince's wishes, even mm-hmm. if they might not have aligned with his technical expertise. Right. And if you didn't know Scotty Baldwin's name on this tour, you just might think the sound engineer, engineer's name is first name Turn Me Up, <laughs> last name Scotty, because <laughs> it's a lot. Mm-hmm. He says it a lot. Yeah. Um, this isn't unique to the performance here, but I always, this is sort of another reason why I picked this song, just because I love the picture that's painted for us at the start of verse three. This is about a shopping district, right? Mm -hmm. In uh, Minneapolis where he sings, walk through veils of many colors. If you dare Jasmine peach and love for others in the air. Walk through veils of many colors. If you dare, do you dare? Peach and love mm-hmm. I thought that mm-hmm. was almost like around the world in a day kind of lyrics. Yeah. Know? So that was, I had forgotten how much I like all of the song, but that verse in particular I thought yeah. was very beautifully written. Yeah. Very cool. And I love the abrupt ending. Yeah. Like it just, it it comes to an, it has a very clear ending. This is the end of the song. You're done. Correct. No Not even on the one. That's right. Yeah. All right. And then we have a medley of automatic and shake from an after show. In London, October 6, 2002, at the New Marquee Club that closed just a few months later. Oh, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Tell us uh, why you chose this one, As if I don't know, but go ahead. You, so you're saying you I'm think saying you know? that you love Automatic and you love Automatic Live. And That's that uh, it was not a surprise to me that this ended up on your list. <laughs> okay. I didn't really open it up for your thoughts on what to include. I oh, just kind of no, took it No, you over. didn't. But you provided me with the list and I'm like, oh, well, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> this Josh is the one I know and not an imposter. <laughs> okay. First of all, I picked it because it was October 6th. 2002, mm-hmm. our first date was October 6th. Mm-hmm. So I thought that, not 2002, many no. years before, <laughs> but uh, I thought that was a nice coincidence. Mm-hmm. And um, there's something about the 6th of months, because our first date was on October 6th. We got married on March 6th. We got uh, some china from your <gasps> great aunt, right? It was from my grandmother. Oh, your grandmother. Okay. My parents... Bought it on their honeymoon. Right. And in Japan. In Japan. And shipped it to my grandparents in California. From Japan. From Japan on October the 6th. Yeah, your parents gave it to us and they hadn't really looked at it even. And mm-hmm. we, I remember them bringing this big box of China out and us looking at the postmark date. And it was October 6th, what, 19. 19- 60 something 69 i think yeah and us going oh my gosh it's another Uh october 6th this is crazy (laughs) 
So it was a nice coincidence that this happened on October 6th. I was going to include it regardless. But Mm -hmm. then when I looked it up and I was like, wow, we Uh could talk about our China (laughs) on the podcast if I choose this. How could I how, how could I turn it down? <laughs> um, so this I remember getting this recording and not really watching the track list, but just listening to it. And I loved the it's an audience recording, but it's very raw and it's a little like penned, like it's kind of rumbly and obviously not a professional recording, but it gives me the feeling of being in this small, smoky Mm-hmm. hole in the wall and just having your ears blown out and being glad for it. Uh-huh. So just because of that, I picked it. Um, it was the first time I think that I had heard the song live since the parade tour in 1986. Mm. You know, just the first couple seconds of the guitar intro on this recording. And I was like, I can name that tune. <laughs> You know, he typically live, he had usually, especially with the revolution, it started with the synths from the song, the parts that go, uh-huh. and here it starts with the guitar, like the bass line, uh-huh. um, and it's deep and growly to start off. And it was the first time I had heard it as a medley with Shake, and Shake hadn't been performed live since like 1991. Uh-huh. It was on Graffiti Bridge. Right. Um, and it's songs Prince wrote and performed with the time. Um, plus just lots of energy again. And, and it, always fun when Prince reclaims a time song and sings it live. He mm-hmm. usually seems to put a little, I'm going to kick the time's ass effort into <laughs> it just for yep. good measure. And it seems like he did that there. So that's the very long reason of why I picked this. Very medley. cool. It's, a, it's such a fun mashup of these two songs. It's a super fun mashup and not one that I would have ever thought of together or connected in any way and they're not really connected in any way which is fun at 53 seconds if i wasn't hooked already from the guitar intro the first 10 seconds at 53 seconds when he says stop the music baby huh i'm an automatic fool (laughs) and the crowd kind of goes wild the band stops and it's just prince kind of filling in with this vocalization blown away the first time I heard it and I was looking forward to getting to this era eventually so that we could talk about it. Very fun. I love that he tells them E, take it to E y'all. Yeah. It's empty. Dance until you're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. E, take it to E y'all. It was great. Yes. Empty dance till you're done. Also the chord that he was moving to all these things uh-huh. that kind of made sense. Yeah. There's just that moment when he shifts to shake at a minute and 27 seconds that I wanted to mention because that's where, when I first heard this, I thought, it's shake. <laughs> but the music for automatic and that recognizable bass line is playing under it uh-huh. the entire time. Such a nice combination. It is. And I'm noticing a theme. There's oh. more 
really fantastic guitar. I wonder what the theme Josh was thinking of when he made some of these choices was. Prince on guitar, Mm. come on. I'm yes, but so electric and also rhythm guitar, uh-huh. I would say too. It's not all about the solos, but like at four minutes and 23 seconds, when it breaks down and you, Prince says, Hey, hey, people, what you come here for? There's just the kick drum, and Prince kind of maybe making up a rhythm guitar part at that <laughs> point, <laughs> which is great. At 5 minutes 46, he calls for the kick drum again and does even more of a variety of the same rhythm guitar to throw it at us in another fun little breakdown there. Mm-hmm. For a guitar solo? He rips into this thing, which kind of comes out of the blue. Usually he kind of sets himself up a little bit better and you kind of feel like there's a guitar solo coming. And here, it I don't know, I was surprised by it. There's this little... It's like fast and heavy. Yes. Yeah, and it lasts for a good 11 seconds until he wants to bring back the horns for another extended jam, which is very typical of after shows. And the One Night Alone after show disc does highlight that, so it's not a surprise at all. Come on, horns! Good God. During Maceo's solo. Yep. I'm Love glad it. you heard that. Yeah. And it, well, well, Maceo gets a sax solo, and not to be left out, Renato gets a shot at 8 minutes and 22 seconds. And again, this is a more crazy, distorted keyboard solo, um, typical of this era. Come on, Renato! Prince shuts it down at 8 minutes and 49 seconds by calling out, On the one! (laughs) I also made a note to myself saying, this could also have been called the On the One Tour. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) It would have been O-N-O. O-N-O-N-T-O-O-N-E. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I don't know. It's called (laughs) O-N-A. Could have been... O T one, O T O, is what I'm trying to get to. Oto, Oto, on the one. You've had enough of me trying to make that work. <laughs> then we have sign of the times from the same after show. Very same after show. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not played chronologically after automatic and shake. It was an instrumental and a version, a short version of dolphin in between these. Why did I pick it? You ask. Well, let me tell you. (laughs) Again, it was a song that hadn't really been played much since the early 90s. And like Calhoun Square, if you're a Prince fan, 
you should have recognized the song from the first second of guitar noodling at the very beginning. He kind of like works his way into this, uh, the baseline of sign of the times at the beginning of the song before the drums kick in and you mm-hmm. really know what's going on, but you kind of hear. Mm-hmm. Well, it's when that uh, those drums kick in that the audience really, they really know. Yes. Yeah. I also picked it because this was when he started playing Sign of the Times again during this tour, and it kind of stuck around through the Musicology tour mm-hmm. and was a song that he played at his Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. Kind of the same arrangement okay. and with horns, which aren't on the studio version. Um, and so those were more reasons to include it. Mm-hmm. We um, get some more of those ducky noises. The, you're right. The synthesizers that yep. kind of sound like a bird. A very nasally bird. That's yep. what a duck is, a nasally bird. That's true, though. Does a duck have a nose? But, it's part of his lips. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just thinking about a duck with lips. <laughs> his hard lips, his hard yellow lips, or include the nose. His or little, is... Yes, his little nose holes. Yeah, I but really. he, all ducks right. have little nose Regardless holes. of sex. <laughs> uh, so not only... Horns in Sign of the Times, which was not on the studio version, but a guitar solo at two minutes and 32 seconds with Mm -hmm. Prince telling the band, stay right there, so Mm -hmm. he could just take his time with an electric guitar and rip it. quiets it down for the bridge when he says just the drums at four minutes so he can sing it's silly no when a rocket ship explodes and everybody still wants to fly mm-hmm. just the drums it was it was a little bit fun to kind of have the audience peter out at the end of the second verse yeah, like they're, they're like take over and how's it go I don't, I wasn't prepared for this. They all feel like they're at a pop quiz. They know the start of stuff really, really well. And then they're like, I, I don't quite remember. Yeah, September, was, my cousin tried uh, Coca-Cola. That's <laughs> July. <laughs> Something like that, right? <laughs> I read a review of the song Sign of the Times. I have no idea where I found it, but when Renato gets his typical distorted keyboard solo at 4 minutes 42 seconds, I just thought this works really well with the review that I read when Sign of the Times preceded the album. There was a single release and this review called it Prince dealing with 80s quandaries. And it seemed to me that this weird guitar solo or keyboard solo worked great with the 80s quandaries that Prince addresses in the lyrics to the song from start to finish, many of which are still quandaries today. In fact, I'd be hard pressed to find 
something that has been resolved in this song that you couldn't say is still an issue. It was a sign of longer times than yes. Prince maybe intended. Well, or it wasn't named Sign of a Times because it it, of it's the, the times. times. Here we are still dealing with a lot of these things. Yeah. Then at the end, song ends, and Prince turns into a stand-up comedian. Did you catch this? Kind of a bad one, admittedly, but he goes straight to every stand-up hack's go-to line after clearing his throat at 7 minutes and 36 seconds. He's like, so anyway, a guy comes up to me in a bar and says... (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, a guy comes up to me in a bar and says... He's going to start a stand-up act, (laughs) which I found entertaining. Yeah, like, oh, I sang that song. So anyway, it was in the middle of a story. Let me finish. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And the way he says bar turns into an almost three-syllable word (laughs) that is just like a prince intonation into a one-syllable three-letter word that turns into something (laughs) much more princely. All right. And then we have... Some tracks from the Chicago performance of One Night Alone. Yes. We're going to do one plus one plus one is three, which rolls into Love Roller Coaster, which is how it was almost always performed. Correct. Yeah. You know, as far as the why'd I pick it question, mm-hmm. first of all, I mentioned when we covered the One Night Alone box set that the Chicago March 3rd main show performance, which is circulating as an audience recording, is my favorite that right. I listen to. And I know there's we're both a little put off, both being me and you, we're yeah. both a little put off by leaning lyrics on scripture here that can be misinterpreted misinterpreted, sorry, as wives subject to your husband. Mm-hmm. But I did like in this version where Prince does a little explainer up front and does make it clear that the responsibility really is on the husband in the relationship. It's not about trying to limit a woman's role. Right. He's not letting the men off the hook for what they should be doing in the relationship. Right. Fellas, don't you get it twisted. Which I I appreciated. I don't think it atones for all of what we've listened to, certainly not on the Rainbow Children album that we took issue with. But the fact that he read what people were writing about this song and lyrics mm-hmm. and was like, well, that's not really what I am trying to repeat that I read in my uh-huh. Bible studies. Right. I like that there's a little bit of clarification here, and it does get the crowd warmed up and excited. And I agree, and I really appreciate that little bit of additional context that he added here, but it is still extremely reductive to women. We're, you know, a compliment to the man. Yeah. Don't make me say it. According to the scriptures... The woman is supposed to be a compliment for the man. 
Or even that you're not complete until you get married. Well, yes, exactly. You're not complete until you get married. You're really there to be a part of a couple, and that's not necessarily true or right. And there are a lot of people who don't couple with somebody of the opposite gender, and that's also fine. Yeah. It was not fine for Prince at this time. True. Um, my final note under Why'd I Pick It reads like this, colon. But F it. This song is funky and fun, <laughs> and this is my favorite performance of it from this tour. Much more full of fun and energy than the One Night Alone live album version, and certainly the Aladdin version, which I thought just was kind of, I don't know, almost a caricature of itself. That's fair. Yeah. At one minute and 24 seconds, he hasn't even gotten to the lyrics yet. And we got to wait a minute because he's feeling funky and tries to explain it during his rhythm guitar breakdown when he says, I'm feeling funky. I don't know. Come on, Chicago. (laughs) Wait a minute. I like that he can't explain it. That's right. He just feels it. Well, if you can explain it, it's not funky. That's right. If you can define it, it ain't funk. Mm Mm-hmm. Prince did a lot of those kinds of stops during the song on this tour, but this one in particular is one that he did before he even started singing the mm-hmm. lyrics, and I thought that was fun. Yes. I like how he calls out Maceo at two minutes and nine seconds, and, you know, before we move on, uh-huh. yeah. can we let Maceo blow his horn? Some fun with the crowd too. Yeah, he does. A lot of not teasing, a little bit of teasing, but not in the "I'm gonna put you in a position where you can only lose" kind of teasing, right? Which we've seen before, right? I love how he cues John Blackwell just by saying "Ride, John." Come on, Maceo. And John knows what ride means, which is just like keep playing until Mm -hmm. we're done with this part. Right. And it's easy, like they're on the same page. Did you notice at three minutes and 47 seconds when he says, I ain't really that hard to please? This was all before Rhonda Uh would yell out, don't believe it. Uh And he would sing that song, sing that line. Yeah. I thought that was fun. Yeah. And then he starts playing Love Roller Coaster, and the whole audience goes wild. And he says, y'all showing your age up in here. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) He knows what time it is, he says. (laughs) Y'all showing your age up in here. Funky, going to be like that, huh? Yes. fun. Yep. Uh, another great guitar solo at a minute and 37 seconds. And all of Love Roller Coaster was left off of the box set. Um, mm-hmm. They included parts of it on the Aladdin DVD, but I think this just kicks it to the curb. Yeah, it's very, very fun. <laughs> get a few more on the ones um 
one minute and 51 seconds on the one. There's a guitar solo and Prince vocalizes with it. Yeah, it's really good. And ends his little do-do-do-do-do-do-do and then ends it with, come on band, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the band knows what to do. Another on the one at two minutes and 15 seconds when Love Roller Coaster... The audience, I think, thinks it's over, mm-hmm. and he kind of builds it back up with his guitar, rhythm guitar. Three minutes and 49 seconds, another on the one, and guitar solo, it just doesn't seem to get old. super fun so again a great i think for really fun mashup um it's a mashup that one plus one plus one is three needs to lighten the mood i think mm-hmm. um which is why i'm kind of sad that it's not part of the box set that's fair it's missing the ying to its yang and i also liked at the end <laughs> prince kind of does a little blues thing talking to the crowd about how everyone down front likes to party except one sister mm-hmm but I see one big sister right down. She ain't feeling my group no more. She's waiting on do me baby or kiss. <laughs> yes. Get her big behind in this little red Corvette. I think she's sitting in a seat waiting for do me baby. <laughs> I thought it was all in fun and not like oh yeah a body shaming thing no. or something like that um and he went into the other side of the pillow after that, after he said, I know I want to get her up. Mm-hmm. And thought that the other side of the pillow would... Would do it. Do the trick. Do the trick. Well, you know what else probably got her up was past the peas, but we're going to cover that after this quick break. Music. Everyone loves it. But who listens to the lyrics? We do. She doesn't live in a shantytown. She lives in capital S shantytown. <laughs> yeah. You put patches from old shantytown on a resume, you're not getting that job. You know what I mean? On the Story Song Podcast, we break down the lyrics you've heard a thousand times. Go so, to Barnes and Noble, 20 bucks, farming for dummies. Right. Chapter one, don't farm at night. Chapter two, don't farm in the winter. <laughs> yeah, the index is just like blizzard. See also, don't. We also look at the history of the song. So the monster matches on the R&B jazz. <laughs> Clearly it should be on the monster chart. <laughs> oh, it was, it was number one on the monster chart. Oh, okay, okay, okay. The Story Song Podcast. Find it wherever you download podcasts. Thanks for sticking with us through that quick break. We're continuing on with uh, a song also from the One Night Alone Chicago, March 3rd, yep. 2002, Past the Peas. Yeah, by the JBs, as we discussed on our last episode. Um, this song actually starts a run of covers in the show, all of which I really love. 
a staple on the tour, past mm-hmm. the peas was, yeah. and was criminally left off the One Night Alone live set, and not a real super enthusiastic performance included on the Aladdin DVD. Right. This particular performance in Chicago is my favorite live version of the song that mm-hmm. the band played. We can't see it, but it sounds like they're having a blast Yes, playing this. It's super, super fun. Yeah. And that's why you chose it, just because it's is. your favorite yep. version of the song? Exactly. Okay. I felt like it needed another mention as a cover song, and uh, being the best performance, that or my favorite performance of the cover song. Mm-hmm. There's some horns and guitar together mm-hmm. that are just... Just out of this world. Again, yeah. why we need live performances available. Because we do. One of a kind. Yeah. Um, I love Prince talking under Maceo, playing at the beginning, claiming, you know, Maceo's doing the pass the peas, pass the peas. Mm-hmm. And Prince is off mic yelling, y'all ain't ready for this. And then reclaims the same thing in a minute and 37 seconds. He says, I told y'all, I told y'all you weren't ready. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. I had not noticed in many years of listening to this that during Greg Boyer's trumpet solo at the two-minute mark, Prince is singing something like Dee Dee or BB underneath him. He's doing a little singing under... Greg's oh, cool. trumpet solo, which oh, is cool. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. I'm glad you pointed it out. I love the prince leading the audience in a chant, John, play the beat. Yes. John, play the beat. John, play the beat. Y'all say, John, play the beat. How he leaves off a little part of the beat at four minutes and 13 seconds as if to like let the crowd clap Mm. and kind of, it's kind of his way of saying like, I hear you, like I've left a little part for you, for Mm -hmm. you to play along with me. That's fun. It was very, very cool. Maceo actually has the gall, the gall to interrupt John Blackwell's drum <laughs> solo at four minutes and 27 seconds where uh-huh. he says, you know what? Pass the piece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are. <laughs> He's Maceo Parker. Hey, this is my my fancy song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Four minutes and forty seconds when Maceo is doing the call out for "Pass the Peas." I love that Prince shouts underneath him, "Pass him!" Uh-huh. He's doing that in the background. Pass him. And it's almost like Prince doesn't want the song to end. He asks for the turnaround, maybe 
know, one more time. He'd ask for it like multiple times, one more time, mm-hmm. starting at five minutes and 15 seconds. Yeah, and then he's like proven to them that they weren't ready. Oh, love that. Don't that feel good? Yes. He said that a lot. That, uh-huh. you know, if it was good, then it's still good. Uh-huh. But it's like, you weren't ready for it, but it sure did feel nice, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I knew you needed it. Yeah. And then he goes into this whole funny thing about the yes. ushers. It's so funky. The ushers drop the popcorn. He invites the ushers to the front for the next song. The usher dropped the popcorn. They dropped the popcorn and came inside. What's up? Which is sing a simple song, and then he invites them up again at the beginning of that one. Yes. They're not ready for that. <laughs> invites the ushers up again. I said that if there's any ushers in the house, come on down front. We're about to get busy up in here. Come down front, not just to yeah, yeah, to come yeah. down front. Yeah, come be in the front, which you know they're like, I'm not allowed to do that. I'm not allowed to be down there. <laughs> yeah, you wonder how <laughs> like, many might have. Do I listen to my boss and the instructions that they've given me many, many times, or do I listen to Prince? I don't know what you do. Risk your job to be down front for a moment. I don't know. I guess it depends on if you're an usher, how big of a Prince fan you might have been. <laughs> Is Very it worth true. it for you or not? This is a cover of the Sly and Family Stone song from their 1969 album, Stand. Yes. It was the B-side to Everyday People. Yeah, also a hit for Arrested Development for fans of 1990s music, Mm -hmm. which is kind of cool. Yes, tell us why you selected this song. Well, you already covered Daring the Ushers at the beginning. (laughs) Are we about to get busy in here? I think that's fun. Sing a Simple Song was also a staple of the tour and is not included on any of the releases. The Mm -hmm. box set, the DVD, it's not on any of it. The after shows, not included. Like you said, it's a Sly and the Family Stone song that just has feel good all over it. Like it's sort of a redemption song for the, uh, (laughs) you know, biblically based lyrics that might have been uh, misinterpreted or just didn't sit too well with us. Right. And it was also part of the MPG inspiration playlist in the tour book. The song was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Prince and Maceo are great vocal duet partners. Yeah. Which is what you don't think of Maceo as a vocalist, but he's got a unique sound to his voice mm-hmm. and it all comes off great. It really does. And this is a, this is a familiar song. You, heard this even if you don't really yeah. know you've heard this whenever i read sing a simple song the only thing i can really hear in my head despite the fact that i've gone and listened to the song to try and replace it so that i can play it in my head is the song sing from sesame street oh sing sing a song yeah i know make it simple uh-huh yeah oh I think I've listened to this so many times that it has taken Big Bird and buried him. <laughs> nope, not for me. Not you. <laughs> um, 
I love when Rhonda gets a lyric uh-huh. um, and something's not quite right when, you know, Prince says, Rhonda, at a minute and 17 seconds, and she sings, sing a simple song. And it's like her mic is off or something's not uh-huh. right. And you can hear Prince say, I got your back. Like Aww. he's brought her a mic or something along those things. He's, he's like just being the supportive band leader like this isn't anybody's fault i'm gonna help you out here kind of thing and i love that part of the song and there are particularly a section of lyrics to the song that i love it's a little hard to understand sometimes what prince and macy are singing because they're doing it with such gusto and it's fast paced and fun the studio version of the song is like slower okay a yeah. little more subdued but um these are the lyrics that hit me i'm living 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 life with all its ups and downs i'm giving 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 love and smiling at the frowns you're in trouble when you find it's hard for you to smile a simple song might make it better for a little while and 35 seconds with a guitar solo and calling out another band member. She's like, look at her. Sleazy. <laughs> move it around, move it around. Yes. Look at her. Oh, yeah, it's so funny because he calls her sleazy, but there's no like malice or judgment in it yeah, at all. Like she's just into it. She uh-huh. gets it. And you can tell the crowd like knows the song. It's unexpected for them, I think, but they all know it. And they're it's exciting to hear Prince sing it. Yeah. And play it. Yeah. I thought that you might appreciate the screams at three minutes and 44 seconds. There mm-hmm. aren't, you know, outside of maybe the piano section where Prince plays solo for a little bit, there's not a lot of runs of Prince screams in this tour. Mm-hmm. And this is where you get one. Right. So I love that too. <laughs> I also wanted to mention that if you like this song, you should check out Maceo's version on his album, Funk Overload. He covered it as a studio version, too, and it's really good. There's no Prince involvement with it, but it's great. Very cool. All right, and then we have performances. So if I can TV fun- performances. Yes, mean, yeah. television. Yes, thank you. Yep. Yeah, visual performances. Um, if I can find links to these songs that we've talked about I will link to them on our social media. If I'm unable to find those, definitely for sure these Jay Leno appearances are going to be on our social media, which you can find us on Facebook at The Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast. You can find us on Twitter at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast, or you can send us an email, podcast at gmail.com. Do you have why you selected these or just because they were the appearances. Yeah. I thought these were pretty no brainers. If he's going to show up on a late night show on television, then we're going to talk about it. Right. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that you didn't have like, well, I have reasons why I chose this, Christy. (laughs) Yeah. In the monologue. (laughs) No, 
So the first one that we're going to talk about is the work part one. Right. Prince did two nights in a row, May 3rd and May 4th, 2001 on Leno. So he did two consecutive nights. He did this fairly frequently. He really enjoyed doing more than one night with Jay Leno for some reason. Sure did. Yeah. Yeah. They became friends, I think, again, because Jay was fairly, I mean, he was, you know, of course, people found him funny and unoffensive, Mm -hmm. clean, I think, is another good reason that Prince probably had a connection with him. Yeah. So that it starts out with an interview before they get to the performance portion of it. Right. And only Prince can have somebody say to him, it's good to see you. And not look like a huge dork when he says, it's good to be seen. <laughs> yeah. Good to see you again. Good to be seen. Everybody else sounds like an idiot. Yeah. And only Prince cannot sound like an idiot. Part of it is because of Movie Star. Yeah. Which yeah. was released at the time where yes. you know, there are lyrics in there. Uh-huh. Know, I say, it's good to see you. I said, it's good it's to be, be seen. seen. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's sort of a go-to line for him. They said, ooh, it's good to see you. I said, oh, it's good to be seen. You know what I mean? But you're right. If I was on Jay Leno and I said, Jay, it's good to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you said it like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, and Prince just loved his pranks. Bill the Head Carpenter. Right. Uh Jay, uh, Hel- Helga told me to call. Uh, check your seat. Is it swiveling all right there? You were supposed to uh, give me a call. Jay, Helga mm-hmm. told me to call and check to see if your seat is swiveling okay. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> it's so stupid. Stupid and funny. funny. And Jay tells him, your ass is mine. That's so That's great. Like he the- laughs at it. <laughs> your ass is mine. <laughs> It's like the edgiest thing that Jay Leno's ever said on the Tonight Show. Yes. And <laughs> yeah. I think because it just startled him, Prince laughed at it because he didn't sing bad with Michael Jackson because of the very same line. <laughs> yes. But Jay Leno says it to him, and it's exactly. funny. The worst part of that whole thing was Jay acting surprised like he didn't know before they talked that it was... He's like, oh, was that was that you? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, Jason, oh. a very good actor. No, acting is not <laughs> acting is not a strong suit. No, I love the story Prince told of uh, you know Jay asked you, do you like practical jokes? And he told the story about uh, Lawrence Fishburne <laughs> wanting concert tickets, and Prince said, well, give me the plot to the sequels of The Matrix, and I'll set you up. And he said, Larry's on a contract. He couldn't say anything, and then Prince goes, so I put him in those nosebleed seats. <laughs> yeah. So I put him in him nosebleed seats way up. Can you imagine getting to a Prince show and you're your up girlfriend. in the nosebleeds yeah. and you're like, is that Lawrence Fishburne? <laughs> yes, or being Lawrence Fishburne and taking your girlfriend and you're like, I'm going to show off and we're gonna, we got good seats to a Prince concert and... No, you don't. Yeah. No, you don't. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was funny that uh, Prince liked Bill Maher. 
Yeah, because I don't really personally <laughs> no. like the show. No. Although I probably agree with much of what he says on politically I, incorrect. Yeah, well. I don't I, know why. I'm just kind of turned off by Bill Maher. I find him off-putting for some reason. Yeah. And, you know, Jay said, oh, do you like to argue? And Prince was like, no, I don't like to argue, but I like, you know, to shed light on and have a discussion, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So he had a good answer as to why. Right. I also thought that uh, only second to your ass is mine, Jay said, you know, someday you're going to wake up naked chained to a streetlight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you see, someday you're going to wake up naked chained to a streetlight. Well, what happened? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Hmm. He says, so you don't do contracts anymore. What about when you rent a car? I don't drive. Well, no, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. I don't drive. Kind of pauses, like a yeah. finger up and, well, I don't drive. <laughs> There's the answer. How uh, about when you rent a car? I don't drive. Oh, oh you don't drive? <laughs> no, I don't drive. He drives. He just lets somebody else rent the cars. Right. Um, he drives not... in Minneapolis and yeah, wherever he happens to be living. That's right. He yeah. doesn't drive when he's on tour. Touring or yeah. in residence somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and this is the interview where he tells all the stories, uh, or the, all the stories. This is the <laughs> oh, everyone he's got. <laughs> Took a long time. <laughs> this is the interview where he talks about his views on Mariah Carey's controversial-ish. $20 million an album deal that yes. she got. Right, yeah. Right. You know, you should course. watch it. Watch it. Watch Prince do the math and yeah. kind of shed some light on some things there. Yeah, I mean, shed some lights, but it ignores some larger issues that she was having, and just you know, there's more to it than that. He definitely has a point. So Mariah kind of got screwed. He's maybe overlooking a few things as well. Right. Yeah. He also taught. I had forgotten his com- his comparison of. A record contract to um, getting a mortgage loan. And yeah. when you mortgage a house, eventually you keep the house. But with a recording contract, you pay for the house and then someone else owns the house afterwards. Right. Uh, you know, when you mortgage a house, you get to keep the house. You know, but a record contract is like, you know, you pay for the house and they keep the house. Right, right. Which makes mm-hmm. sense. It does. Yes. Yeah, he made some very, um, I think, digestible points, and he was very likable. It was a very fun interview. Mm-hmm. So uh, the mixing those things in came off like, oh, I, I see your point. And Jay makes a point of saying, you know, you've paid a price for doing this, but eventually I think you'll come out in the end mm-hmm. ahead. Yeah. Um, so it was not your typical I'm a slave and bad-mouthing record labels it was Mm -hmm. more of like this this is the issue that i have he does the performance which is he starts with a spectacular scream it's so much fun he has changed he's got the cool npg black and white no it's peach black oh it's peach black you're right yeah and he was wearing like purple velvet pajamas for Uh the interview yeah um, yes, then the cool NPG letter forms across his chest and shoulders. Mm-hmm. He's doing um, this funny, like, arm marching dance. Yes. Just so, like, endearing and funny. 
Yep. Yes. And even though this is sort of the first single from the Rainbow Children, even though the album's not released, uh, he's still rocking the rave era longer hair mm-hmm. during this and has some James Brown style mic stand moves. Mm-hmm. He's very, um, he's dancing a lot more here than he ever did on, on one tour. Light Alone tour, one Light right. Alone tour. Yeah. Um, he's got, and he's got a set of four princesses on stage, <laughs> dancing, dancing and singing in the background. Yeah, he does. And there, he may have been dressed more modestly at this time, but it didn't seem to have to extend to his, uh, his backup singers true. and dancers because they were in like short shorts and bras yep. and like a little short coat. There was, it was very, uh, Rocket-esque. Uh-huh. That's why I called them the prince, princess. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. But we get some really cool backup vocals by Kit Blackshire. Yeah. I thought it was really neat, his mm-hmm. interjections there. Um, yeah, and Geneva was the lead dancer. She mm-hmm. kind of made a run of a couple years with Prince on stage during this. And the White Sisters... Together, they were called Millennia. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then also, fun to note that Prince didn't touch an instrument during this performance. Mm-mm. He was band leader, dancer, mic addresser, mm-hmm. and uh, led everyone. Yes. And then he ends the song with some really cool runs of the word willing. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Very good. Somebody Also, I noted that he stuck around on stage, usually even on Arsenio Hall when he performed like in the early 90s. He was comfortable with Arsenio, but he disappeared after show, after performances. Mm-hmm. Here, Prince sticks around to shake Jay Leno's hand and Heidi Klum, who was the other guest, uh-huh. came. And as soon, as soon as the song's over, the two of them walked on stage and Prince was still there, which wasn't something he usually did. Mm-hmm. Up to that point, which I thought was notable. Yes. And then we have the second night, two nights in a row. He performed the Ballad of Dorothy Parker. But before they do that, they have some video about how Jay got Prince back. Oh, yeah. He thought it was going to be someday. You're going to be somewhere. And something's going to happen. Uh-huh. Jay decided I'm going to take care of it the next night. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, He's wearing a uh, security guard uniform with the world's worst fake mustache and shades. Yeah. And he stops the prince's limo. Does Mr. Prince have any identification? And he's Prince doesn't even have pockets, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. Exactly. And... Uh. Prince stands up through the sunroof. You know, they've got, like, security footage of this. Not security footage. He's a security guard. They had, like, a, hidden they had, camera, like, a camera off to yeah. the side. Yeah. But he kept asking about Mr. Prince. Uh-huh. How do we know Mr. Prince is in the car? Can you roll down the window, please? <laughs> no. And the driver's like, that's a breach of security. <laughs> Could you put the window down, please? No, we don't. That's, that's a breach of security, sir. And then Prince stands up through the sunroof and says, that's the worst disguise I've ever seen. 
<laughs> and then it's the best part. You, you should have filmed that. We did film that. <laughs> right. <laughs> and Prince's delighted laugh as he looks and sees the camera is just, it's so much it's fun. It's great. Yeah. That's the worst disguise I've ever seen. <laughs> 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 you should have filmed that. <laughs> we didn't film it. We know Prince, or Jay... Is a jazz fan, so I yes. think that's why Prince broke out the ballad of Dorothy Parker to perform. So he wasn't there to promote, didn't even mention a new album, didn't mention a uh, hit and run tour that he was on at the time, but this yes. was just kind of, he pulled it out really to fit Jay's preference, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A really nicely different setup for the band than the previous night, still with Geneva kind of acting out the song, a little silly. Um, yeah. But Prince, very dapper in a black suit and a red tie and a black hat on a p- and playing a piano draped in purple fur, mm-hmm. um, you know, playing an instrument versus dan- just dancing the night before. So it's a very different kind of performance, which I think is fun for two nights in a row. I agree. Yeah, Geneva's stuff was a little silly because she kind of mouths the words. Yeah. You know, she had to practice a lot to get it right. Mm-hmm. It just but reminded still me of very like cheesy. It was a high school singing theater. Raspberry Beret and having a <laughs> woman come out with a dark purplish blue hat on. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we we get the visuals. That's, <laughs> that's cool. Uh, but it's a really cool, laid back performance of the song, um, and it does break out into the Madhouse track four that we talked about on the after show disc. At like a minute and 45 seconds after Prince says, Dorothy Parker was cool. There's a part that's from Madhouse 4. Very cool. That's very, very cool. Yes. Cool. And he gets an awesome stand-up piano solo at like yeah. 2 minutes and 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. And as opposed to the previous night when Najee was there playing saxophone, there's a flute solo. Yes, it's very nice. And John Blackwell just plays the dickens out of those drums. It is like the drumsticks are physically attached to his body and he can do whatever he wants to with them. They Mm -hmm. flip, they twirl, he's crossing arms, you know, it's total showmanship without showing off. He's just got a great personality. He's just, yeah. He's having a lot of fun, smiling the whole time. It's great. Yep. And then he goes over to talk with Jay after. And who's the other guest? Kathy Lee Gifford. Yep. Doesn't Kathy Lee kind of help him out with his microphone a little bit? Though, she too? she does. Mm-hmm. She does, which was nice. But then... Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, but then Jay asks Prince, well, how does the NPG Music Club work? And Kathy Lee pops up with, very well. Now, now tell me about the MPG uh, Music Club. How does this work exactly? Right? You, you, get, you get the CDs very well. 
works very well. But you have to order it through. I'm like, mm. shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Stay in your lane, Kathy Lee. <laughs> oh, and I thought it was so funny. Dial up www.mpgmusicclub.com. By uh, dialing up uh, www.mpgmusicclub.com. Well, it was the age of dial-up, so you kind of do it, but he did. That's uh, not how you you dial up the internet. You don't dial up the website. But was it kind of like a hip to say kind of thing? Like, don't get it twisted. You just dial up. Give me your math. Is there a little bit of that in here? (laughs) Okay. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. I thought it was silly. Yeah. Okay, if you find it endearing, I can... Get on board with that. That's fine. It was cute. Yeah, okay. You know, I think it's cute. I think if you ask, like, Gwyneth Paltrow to explain how her website works, she'd come off way worse. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, her website's way worse. (laughs) I don't know about that. If we compared the two. Oh, well, I just mean, like, as far as what you get for your money. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. I think a lot of what you buy on Goop is uh, Mm. silly, ridiculous potentially dangerous at some points maybe but. so leave it to me to redeem prince with a gwyneth paltrow reference <laughs> on the podcast how do i become a preferred customer uh-huh you got some preferred money <laughs> yes also, well, now how do i become a preferred customer well you got some preferred money <laughs> <laughs> so there were you know prince would often say you know Money isn't everything, but he was clearly about making this a uh, money-making, sustainable thing that right. I think he was excited about. And it actually was really cool. It mm-hmm. was reasonably priced. Yeah. You didn't always get what you expected, but I think that was part of Prince's deal, too, if you were joining this for a year commitment and thought that you would just get everything uh, that your heart desired from the vault, then you're yeah. probably mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then, you know, they're talking and continuing on. And then at the very end, you find out that when Prince came over after playing Dorothy Parker, he just played this beautiful song. It's so fun and funky and interesting and beautiful. What did he do? He grabbed a hand buzzer so that when he shook Jay's hand, that he would buzz his hand and he says... The most creative man in music, and this is his idea of comedy. <laughs> yes. The most creative man in music, this is his idea of comedy. <laughs> right, here, right here. It was all, that all was, that's kind of like the embodiment of Jay Leno, though. Like, doing things that, yeah, you laugh at them, but then you step back and you're like, well, yeah, Jay Leno is kind of the palm buzzer of stand-up comedians. I mean, He's just it's like, unexpected, so sometimes you'll laugh at uh-huh. it. It's harmless. Right. Kind of fun, kind of silly. Yeah. 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 It all fit. Yeah. But it was just, it was so funny to think of, you know, Prince stashed that little hand buzzer, you know, on the piano yes. before the show and thought about it while he was singing and playing Dorothy Parker <laughs> to be able to pick it up and put it on his right put it on his finger so that he could get Jay yeah well this is what you can pull off when you pull up and are pranked and then have probably a rehearsal and then a uh-huh. live performance somebody went out and got that for him yeah right he yeah probably he probably doesn't carry it around <laughs> no how could he do that i told you he doesn't have pockets <laughs>
Uh, and then we have a, another performance. The final thing we're talking about today, another performance on Jay Leno, December 13th, 2002, the everlasting now. And Prince's hair is much shorter. It's a year and a half plus between appearances. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, but he's there promoting One Night Alone and the Las Vegas show. Yeah, and Jay's got the box set Mm -hmm. on his desk. Yes, he does. Did you notice, I went back to look, this episode, it was HD widescreen, a huge change from the earlier two performances, and it was the first HD TV performance by Prince. Oh. Period. And his first TV performance of any kind since... The Ballad of Dorothy Parker on Leno on May 4th, 2001. Really? But I thought the fact that, like, wow, this looks great. And it was his first HD TV performance. Super cool. Yeah. So, yeah, if this looks similar to the Everlasting Now performance on the Aladdin DVD, it's because it was recorded just two days prior mm-hmm. to when the Aladdin show was recorded. Yes. He kind of messes with the lyrics a little bit. He does. Couldn't decide if it was... A mistake or intentional? That's when the... And he looks away from the mic mm-hmm. to say drums. And his head began to... Hmm. Yeah, he doesn't say pound. No. They're just... I, don't, I couldn't decide whether it was intentional or not. Oh, okay. I thought it was very intentional. Oh, okay. he's like... He's still staying on the beat, and he's like, it's when the drums in his head began to don't let nobody. It's like mm-hmm. he was just kind of almost half singing it because he was enjoying it so much is okay. how it came off to me. But that's okay. just my opinion. Okay. And we get some jump up and down. We sure do. <laughs> uh, everybody in this house, jump up and down. Because that's uh, the difference between his May performance in 2001 and here. He is dancing less of course he's much more dapper in a much more professional looking kind of suit here Mm -hmm. so yeah we get the jump up and down after the first yeah but then he does some little fancy footwork he does a lot of fancy footwork um and it's accentuated by white shoes Mm -hmm. in a black suit yes so yeah there's no doubt he's still dancing Mm -hmm. yeah he does intro sheila e Yep. And both she and Rhonda are there. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Sheila E. Which makes sense because they were there for the Aladdin. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Prince has his Santana-like solo, though. That's preserved mm-hmm. and as part of this. Yes. Very, very cool. Everybody at home in your seat, jump up and down. I love how he says that. He's like holding his guitar pick and he's almost like a conductor or, or, or like stand up poet, like a poetry slam Oh, is what I saw with him doing these little hand gestures and everybody at home in your seats, jump up and down. Uh Everybody at home. Also love at three minutes for whatever reason why he says what uh-huh. and Sheila E gets another little mini solo percussion solo. What? 
My only question in this song is towards the end, as the song's coming to a climax, Prince calls out Manny, which I believe is Manuela. He says, Manny, Adam, how we doing? And I don't know who Adam is. Huh. I mean, I know who the Adam is. Yeah. So it's just kind of curious. Sheila comes huh. over and joins Prince center stage with her cymbal. She's playing the cymbal and Prince is winding the song down. And there's this call out for those two people that um, don't quite fully understand. Hmm. I don't have an answer. Okay. I just Me either. pointed it out. I just pointed things. <laughs> All right. And that brings us to the end of Other Nights Alone with Josh. So we have some selections to make. We choose a time capsule, something that exemplifies the time at which the material was released, if it was released, um, or when it was recorded. We choose a C, the low point, the thing that we liked the least, and the mountain, the high point, our favorite part of the material that we have covered. Right. These are my rules, so I go first. The time capsule for me... Y'all too funky. Montreal, we too funky tonight. Come on. Because he said that, I think, in every single performance that yeah. we listen to. Maybe not the uh, the Leno performances, but yeah. the uh, but every live concert, mm-hmm. he told the band or the audience or himself that it was too funky. Right. Because the funk was just uncontainable. Right. Yeah. So that's my time capsule. No argument. Um, For me, it was Sing a Simple Song um, because it was performed during this tour, not released in any of the formats we covered, which is why I wanted to include it here because if you went to a One Night Alone show, uh, you had an equal chance of hearing Sing a Simple Song as you did of hearing 1 plus 1 plus 1 is 3, really. And other than that, it was on... Third Eye TV streams in 2013. They performed it together. Um, So it's pretty era specific and was exactly the kind of, if it was good, then it's still good music that Prince played on the cover portions of this tour in particular in 2002. Very cool. All right. The C, the low point, the yep. thing that we like the least. It's hard to choose because there are so many good things here because well, you pick... picked, you didn't pick any stinkers. No, I don't. I didn't want to do that. So uh, I had to go with the reductive comment about women Okay. in one plus one plus one is three. Just that it reduced women to a compliment for a man and not individuals in their own right and that just didn't square with how he behaved because he was often lifting up two positions of power young talented women yeah and he did that throughout his career he did that before Mm -hmm. during this time with the director of the live at the aladdin dvd and after he did it all through. He these women weren't subject to compliments to men. They were people and talents in their own right. So that was my scene. Well, to his credit, and not to argue with any of your points, I think that Prince came around to that idea also, and that's made evident by the fact that 
show me one plus one plus one is three performed after this tour. Right. You know, it was kind of shoved in the closet. And, um, I think for, for that reason. Yeah. And that's fair. Uh, for me, the C was, um, not a Prince moment at all. It was Jay Leno acting like he (laughs) didn't know it was Prince on the phone as the head carpenter trying to fix Jay's chair. Uh, when, you know, he obviously knew before the recording of the show, right. that it was Prince had pranked him. Right. Um, and it just kind of came off as. Yeah. Poorly just, acted. Really, really, it, yeah. didn't, it didn't come off as poorly acted. It was <laughs> poorly acted. Yes. <laughs> All right. And then the mountain, our favorite thing. Yeah. Uh, I really loved the version of Days of Wild that we listened to that uh, cleaner, but still overdubbed, but still true to the sort of true to the crystal ball version. It was great. Yeah. It was so much fun. I agree with you. I think that even like we talked about the fact that it was overdubbed, but not tried um, done in a way that was trying to hide the fact that it was improved upon in the studio. Right. Clearly peppered with, studio overdubs and it was just to make it fun. Yeah. And I think that's a great And it was succeeded it. well. So yeah. that was my mountain. Good choice. For me, I've got um I've got to go with automatic <laughs> specifically <laughs> uh-huh. at fifty three seconds when Prince stops the music and he you know he says stop the music baby. I'm an automatic fool Stop it and repeat it multiple times when I listen to it, especially since it's so close to the beginning of the mm-hmm. song. And even just beginning with the... I dig it's that great. a lot. It's very cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So, normally, I'd be asking you... Yeah, without Josh. knowing. Why don't you ask me like Jay Leno? <laughs> Pretend like you don't know. Josh, do, do you... Do you want to tell me what we're going to cover God, next? You're terrible at this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Intentionally, well, yes. Um, but during... I actually do know, but do tell us. I okay. want you to tell us. All right. Uh, well, from the moment that this recording was made, we've got about three months to the release of Sign of the Times Super Deluxe. Uh-huh. Yay! So when that was announced and we had not yet recorded this podcast, I had you know, inklings that this was going to happen, but not knowing when it would be released. So now that we know it's coming out on September 25th, we are going to throw caution to the wind and start our sign of the times coverage now, because we've got six episodes with which to cover material that will be left off of the super deluxe edition. Yes. So that is what we're going to spend the next six episodes doing. And then once uh, September 25th rolls around, we will record our first episode on the Super Deluxe Edition on September 27th, which will be available to listen to on October 11th, unless someone out there would like to send us a preview <laughs> edition of the set. And we won't even cancel our pre-order. No, I'll still buy it. It's uh-huh. done. But yeah. I'll gladly rearrange the order of these podcasts <laughs> to accommodate it. 
Uh, figuring that's not going to happen, uh, the next episode that you'll hear from us will cover the Sign of the Times concert film, which due to legal issues could not be included in the deluxe edition. So that will be our first of the what's not included in the super deluxe edition that will come out next time. Yes, super, super exciting. I'm pumped. Yeah, me too. Well, thank you so much for listening. We so appreciate it. We know you make a choice when you listen to us. We don't just come on the radio and we thank you so much for doing that. It's way more fun when you listen with a friend. So tell a friend, have them listen and then, you know, hop on your Zoom or your Skype or your regular old telephone and talk about what we got right and what we got wrong and then, uh, you know, hit us up on the social media and let us know too. You mean dial up a friend? That's right. Dial up a friend. (laughs) (laughs) Please rate and review. It really does help us get found and it's so much fun to be found. It is. If you can't give us five stars, send us an email at teamoutspodcast and let us know why. And until next time, happy purple listening. Thanks for joining us.